and welcome back to Beef Sticks Podcast. And this week is such a pain in the back. Oh, I need a backyotomy. Backyotomy, folks. That's right. We're getting the pain out of our back. But we're also going to be relieving our sponsors of their duties. Yes, folks. Not only have some of our other sponsors gone the way of not picking us up long term, but now we also have to bid farewell to both Monster Wear Clothing and Qualities. Folks, we have to let you know Qualities is shutting their doors. They're going down. He is more profitable running a full-time tattooing business, and nobody can shit on them for doing that. that. That's the way you do it. That's what business is. That's good. We support them. We hope everything goes well. We're super happy, and we're glad that their life is moving on. But with that, our life is moving on. We would like to thank all of our past sponsors, of course. Pacey, you have any words? I just... Thanks to Dustin for the last year of supporting the show, hooking us up with some fresh ass cloud style broadcasting t-shirts. It's fresh uh, merch. It's been a fruitful partnership, and and I'm sad to see it go. But at all, at the same time, all things must come to an end, and with every end comes a new beginning. And there are new beginnings afoot over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. In fact, we are going to get into our new beginning in Osaka predictions pretty soon. We also have the Savage Sentinel that has a lot of a lot of wrestling-related news because there isn't a ton of wrestling wrestling news, but a ton of wrestling-related news. Sadly, we have a lot in the coming and goings and the injury reports. And we are also going to break down the WWE 2019 business report that came out. We know you've uh, all been wanting it. This week. Oh, it's it's riveting stuff. (laughs) In the words of Vince McMahon, chocolate titty. Oh, I mean, it's such good shit. (laughs) We're definitely heading into new uncharted territories with what WWE has in store for the future. It's going to be weird. they're, They're shaking things up, but everything is new. We're starting a new format with beginning the show. We got New Japan's new beginnings. But something that isn't new, that's reoccurring and takes a look at the past, is this week in pro wrestling history. And we actually have some more New Japan news. We've had a, a bit of that so far this year. It's interesting. Not been on purpose, but there's just been a lot going on. And 34 years ago, Pasty, quite a while ago, this was before you were born, Pasty. Last last week we had one that was what two day two two years ago. Yep. And uh, seven years ago we don't know it was close. This one we have thirty four years before Pasty was born, February sixth, nineteen eighty six, in Tokyo, Japan. A wrestler by the name of Shiro Koshinaka defeated the Cobra in the tournament final to become the first ever IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Wow, I did not know Santina Morella was that old. Ah, he busted out the Cobra. <laughs> yes, folks, the International Wrestling Grand Prix Junior Heavyweight Champion is over 30 years old. And in that time, 40 wrestlers have held the championship with a total of 86 title reigns. It's good to see everybody gets more than one, in, in theory. 
In theory, many have. All but two of the title changes have occurred in Japan. The only two that did not occur in Japan came within an eight-day span on WCW Monday Nitro in late 1999, although those title changes are not initially recognized by New Japan Pro Wrestling or the WWE that currently owns the rights to WCW. Jushin Thunder Liger holds the record for the most title reigns with 11. He also has the longest single title reign at 628 days, the most days as champion with 2,245. Jesus, man. And that's consecutive. And the most successful title defenses with 31. Minoru Tanaka has, as Heat, has the most successful defenses as a single champion reign with 11. Hiromu Takahashi is the current champion, holding the championship since Wrestle Kingdom 14 last month. What and a he will stellar def- record. And he will defend it again against Ryu Lee, or Dragon Lee, as some of us in the States and Mexico know him as, at the New Beginning Show. Other notable title holders for this prestigious title pasty include Chris Benoit as the Pegasus Kid, Dragon Lee, who's hoping to pick it up for another run, Finn Balor as Prince Devitt, the great Sasuke, Jeddo, Juventud Guerrera, the cleaner Kenny Omega, Low-Key, Marty Skrull, former mixed martial artist Nobuhiko (laughs) Takada, easy for me to say, Yes. of course the wild man Sabu, Tiger Mask, and Ultimo Dragon, just to name a few, as well as pasty, Owen Hart, who was the first Gaijin to ever hold the prestigious championship. Now there's an illustrious lineage. Quite. You, you can tell that this is a wrestler's title. This is like yeah. the IC belt or the TV title were known as the wrestler's title for WWF and NWA, respectively. This is another one of those. This one, you got some of these really hardworking folk. Yeah. And we'll have more news on another returning, very prestigious title for Ring of Honor coming up on in the show. I'm giddy. Oh, it's going to be. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, I, you say you're excited for it. I, I'm fairly excited to see it for the first time. But before that, we've got to go over with a, a new look on an old segment we're calling Token is Jericho. So the phone rings and it's Eddie. Come to my room, mother. Are you all right? Just come to my room. I go to the room. He takes his sheets back. There's poop in the bed. He goes, Look at this. I go, Oh, dude. He goes, You know what happened? I go, What? He goes, Black cat screwed me in the ass. I said, What? He goes, I got so drunk I passed out and there's poop in the bed. He must have done that. He goes, Call Black cat right now. Hey, cat. Eddie wants to talk to you. He thinks you screwed him in the ass. He's like, What? Because he passed out in the bed like an hour. We stayed there talking. So a cat comes to the room, and cat was super calm, and Eddie was furious. He's convinced that black cat suddenly turned gay and decided to just poke Eddie in the rear end. <laughs> what a tale. Oh, what a great way to honor a legend, huh? <laughs> Telling that story of any story you could tell. Yeah. Right? Uh, 
the night Eddie Guerrero may have been fucked in the ass. But definitely shit the bed one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> that Eddie, he was uh, he was quite the character. Very much missed, you know. A lot. I think any, all the wrestlers and his family will tell you there were two Eddie Guerreros. There was the uh, there was the fucked up Eddie who was not a fun guy to be around and quite mm-hmm. the asshole. And there was the sober Eddie who was maybe the greatest man in the world. And uh, I think we we got to see a. <laughs> A good glimpse of the really shitty fucked up Eddie in that story. But looking back on it in hindsight, knowing nobody was hurt, I think it's just awesome. You know? Yeah. yeah. I think it's just if the fact is, if one of his close friends is willing to tell the story and um I know we don't explain this often, but just to say some of Eddie's family was there and laughed along with it. If they're willing to laugh at it, we can too. Eddie Guerrero loved to make people smile, and this made yes. me bust out laughing. Uh it's 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 good shit. <laughs> As Vince would say, it is good shit. There's some great shit coming up though here, Pasty. Yes, indeed. It's time for us to break down our picks in the upcoming New Japan Pro Wrestling New Beginnings in Osaka, Japan predictions. We like it some Osaka. Man, how's the 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 coronavirus in Japan, I would assume it has to get there pretty easily. I don't know. I don't think. Oh, shut up. It is not. Oh, it's here. It is not here. Two people got the fucking influenza and all of a sudden, all the coronavirus hit the States. Fucking I've seen. It's truly a fun week for your children and family to become sick. We've been battling flu and strep and everything all week. Right. Like, I've seen every fucking virus in my short time come and go, and it's like, they just, they all, and they all have the exact same description. Well, they, uh, they, they mess up your, uh, your respiratory a little bit, uh, they make you sick to the stomach, they, uh, give you a headache, and, uh, if you're really young or really old, it possibly could be fatal. Yeah, every single one of them, that's the exact same thing they say. Can we just admit if you're young or if you're super old, you should probably take care of your illnesses? Yes. And if you're not, you shouldn't worry about this shit. Take some Sprite. Take it some It doesn't help practice. any that we're in the 20s either, Fat Mac. Yeah, Huge well, we need a real... Race the this isn't a plague. All time. We've had plagues in all of them, but we haven't come against a plague yet. Oh, we've been dealing with a plague since 2016. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We almost got rid of it. <laughs> Uh, it was a close one. With no, that being wasn't. said, it was not. I know. With that being said, uh, it shows you what our country is, really. Uh, yeah. Uh, we are ready for new beginnings, though, and those new beginnings will begin in Osaka. Actually, they've already began, but Osaka is the major one. This is the pinnacle. This is the main event of the New Beginnings tour. We started out as a lot of New Japan pro wrestling events started out with an eight-man tag match. I wouldn't have it any other way, Fat Mac. No, and this one we see Tenkozy, which is Hiroyoshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima. It's also what I call my totos when I'm wearing my slippers. Tenkozy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> They're teaming with Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanashi. Take on Taguchi Japan, which consists of Tomoaki Hanma, Togi Makabe, T- 
Toa Henari and Ryusuke Taguchi. Where are we at on this, Steve? Steve? Who Steve? the fuck is Steve? <laughs> Who the fuck is Steve? It's that know. coronavirus that's got me. <laughs> All right, Steve, what have you got? Uh, Bill, I'm going to have to go with Taguchi Timuchi Championship Uchi. That sounds good. I like that. Uh, also, also, when I said my toes and the ten cozy thing got me thinking, Excalibur on AEW. This is a, at least the second time he said it, but he says that he's got educated feetsies, and every time he does it, Tony Siobhan and Jr. just shit all over him. I can't believe he keeps saying it because <laughs> he says it feetsies. Yes, I love it. It's it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Jr. even just recently said he's like, you know, we're making strides, but we're still a long way from being what we need yeah. to be as a cohesive uh-huh. uh, commentary team. But you know, they 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 keep going, and you got three talented guys. Mm-hmm. And so I'll I say would, they're they're improving. Yeah, I would easily improving. give them time to see. Maybe all three of them don't work together, but I definitely think it's worth giving them time to see. Uh, Pacey on this eight-man tag. I'm going with uh, Tenkozi Agatashi. Yeah. Starting off the fight against each other, we decided not to pick all the same ones this week. <laughs> we'll see how that works. That A lot of times that makes us tie more than anything. Right, right. <laughs> Who knows? It's 2020, and it's been weird this far. Coming up next, we got the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Seeing Rapungi 3K's show and yo defending their titles against Suzuki Goon, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and El Desperado. I like it. I like it a lot. This is going to be a fun match. That's that's exactly All kinds of little guys just bouncing all over the place. That is what it's going to be. It's going to be a pinball game in the ring, and I'm going with uh, Ropongi 3K. Yes, yes, and I can never go against him either. 3K like Andre. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. This motherfucker's spitting. (laughs) (laughs) You got to track down Fat Mac's official Facebook page in order to find that one. Right. Um, next up, we have another eight-man tag match because New Japan doesn't just throw one of them in there. They like to – usually they're back-to-back. They did throw in a, a, a tag team championship match in between, if this is how it goes. So we'll see. But we have Kota Ibushi and Taguchi Japan. Of course, Taguchi Japan is being represented by Hiroshi Tanahashi. And Finn Juice, and of course, Finn Juice is being represented by Dave Finley and Juice Robinson, and nobody else, because that's a terrible name. <laughs> True, and they're taking on the Bullet Club, represented by Chase Owens, Yujiro Takahashi, Tangaloa, and Tama Tanga of the Gorillas of Destiny. Yes, indeed. You know, this is new beginnings. Bullet Club had a rough end of the last year. I think they're going to get over solid. And as you re-brought to my attention, Bullet Club has a brand new logo that looks like it would take place in any XFL game or hockey jersey memorabilia. And it's, it's nice. It's nice. I'll give it that much. And with that, I think Bullet Club takes it and this new beginning. 
I'm with you. I hear you. I understand it. And I never, I, I rarely ever have any quarrels with the Bullet Club taking it. But I'm going to have to put my token on Kota Ibushi and Taguchi Japan. I think they're going to take it. I think Ibushi has a lot to make up for. And I think that Fin Juice, the, the Japanese folk are really into Fin Juice. So you got Fin Juice, they're really into it. Ibushi has been on a downward trend, and I think he needs to come back up. And Tanahashi, I mean, he's always your wild card. He's your John Cena. He can lose or win. It doesn't matter. He's just going to make the match good. Yeah. So I, that's what I'm going with. I'm going I'm going those folks, Ibushi to Gucci. And I, I like the, I like the sound match of it. Regardless, all the way around, this will be a hard-hitting eight-man tag match. It'll probably be nothing like the first one. I think it's going to be wild. I think there's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of, how do I want to say it? A lot of folks coming in the ring without being tagged. I think the, uh, I think the, the referee has outside their, action. There you go. The referee has his work put out for him. Let's say that. Obviously, in any eight man tag, you do. And of course, the top one's going to be fun and, and exciting. But this one, yeah, there's going to be a lot of folks in and out. And I don't want to be the ref here. Yeah, it doesn't sound like fun. It'll probably fall on red shoes, hey. You would think you'd think he'd be <laughs> the only one who could handle this. Uh, then we're coming up on a tag team match cuz we haven't had enough of those. Seeing Chaos represented by Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay taking on Suzuki Goon represented by Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. Well, the way it is, Okada, of course, one of my all-time favorites of all time ever. I think probably the best in the business today. I do take old ZSJ over Will Ospreay, honestly, like as my personal opinion. Zack Sabre is more of the mat wrestling. Will Ospreay is more of the fun dancing. But it is fun dancing. But I'm going to say uh, I'm going chaos on this one. I, I don't, other than Okada, I don't have a real reason for it. I don't know the storyline going into this. But I'm just not putting a Suzuki Goon over chaos at this moment. So I'm going chaos. See, my, my knowledge here is Naito is chaos, yeah? Correct. And so chaos is on top of the world. And this is a new beginning. Therefore, I have to pick Goon Gang, even though I don't prefer. You can do that. Yes. You know, um, the funny thing is, is, if you take the last G off a of Goon Gang, it's Gungan, and then it's Jar Jar Binks, and that's kind of how I feel about that. Jar Jar. <laughs> I do have to, I do have to uh, uh, backtrack a little bit. You said uh, Naito is chaos, right? Yeah. No, Naito. L.I.J. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's the leader of L.I.J. Well, that blows my whole planning work out of the water. But I will stick with my ants. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the Okada Naito matches have been yeah. so awesome because they're yeah. two of the top stamp. But yes, yes. Once you started talking, I just heard what I wanted to hear when you said it. And then once you started talking, <laughs> I was like, wait a second. He's wrong. He's, he's saying something. I different. knew there was a good chance I was wrong when I, when I formulated it. But... We don't care. We oh. just have fun. Yep. We like to have fun. And fun is what we're having. My and, cat wants uh, to have fun. I don't know if you hear that. 
I didn't I didn't necessarily hear it until you mentioned it and then I was like, I'm pretty sure I heard that. <laughs> Once you mentioned it I heard it. I didn't hear it before. Uh, I gotta do on, like all the other podcasters who would acknowledge whenever their animals are making noises, but you never actually hear it. That happens so much in most of the podcasts I listen to. <laughs> uh, moving on, we've got a uh, a match with Jay White of the Bullet Club taking on Sonata of the Lij. Yeah, I hate that I have to do this, but I started this trend already. I gotta go with the Bullet Club, and I think White's gonna win this. You're switchblading it, and I'm switching up on that. I'm going to go Los Ingobernables de Alpon and picking, from what I said from last time, and I think it bit me in the ass when I said this, but I think Sonata, I think this is Sonata's year. I think he's going to become maybe not the top guy, but I think he's going to become a top singles guy, and I think this would be a great place for him to start uh, defeating the basically the non-de facto leader of the Bullet Club, Switchblade Jay White. So, I hope you're right. I really do. I just I got this. I'm going Sonata. I'm, I'm booking with logic and not my heart, which is something I don't normally do in New Japan. Well, you know, as uh, as the Black Eyed Peas once said, I got a feeling. And you might be right, but I'm picking Sonata. All right. Then we've got the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship seeing Hiromu Takahashi defending his belt against Ryu Lee Dragon. I like the way you do that. I think you should I think you should announce him. I think he, you should make his announcement when he comes to the ring. I dig it. All right. Gato, call me. Give him a ring, buddy. I um this. I, I'm going Takahashi keeping this. I think Hiromu Takahashi, as, as we mentioned earlier in the uh, This Week in Pro Wrestling History, he he just got it at Wrestle Kingdom 14. Mm-hmm. This will only be, uh, I don't know if this is his third or second defense, but definitely his second major de- title defense at all. I, I don't see he needs to lose it. I know Dragon Lee has been making waves uh, throughout Mexico, United States, uh-huh. Japan. He's really doing his thing, but I don't. I don't he's think he needs it at this though, time. He? Yeah, he is, and I don't think he needs it at this time. And yeah. I think that it would be. I think it would be a better victory for him to win it later on, uh, whether if it's when Takahashi has a longer reign on it, or if from somebody else who has a longer reign. But I want it to mean something more if he does. Yeah, I, I'm saying Takahashi keeps it. I'm right there on board with you. Oh, okay. That was it. Well, yes, all right. That's it. There's not a lot of to say. I think you spit it up. Not a lot of debating of that. No. We dig it. Yes. All right. Well, I'm not swallowing. I'm spitting. And up next, uh, pasty. I'm spitting the IWGP United States Championship match. We're gonna see John the Mox Moxley defending his title against Minoru Suzuki. This is gonna be good. This is gonna be. F- uh, it, it'd be. I'm interested to see what they're going to do, being the as it's not a hardcore a champion, match. But there's a championship on the line. They're going to let some shit go. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely they're going to let some shit go. And with these two guys, they're going to have to because it's going to be 
In the words of good old JR, this is going to be a slobber knocker. In the words of Stone Cold Steve Austin, somebody's going to stomp a mud hole in, in each other's ass. It's going to be wild. Yes. Hey, Eddie Guerrero had a mud hole stomped in his ass. <laughs> oh Everybody poops. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. what I wanted to say back at the top of the show and was spacing out on. It's oh. here now, though. That's it. I think we can uh, three, two, one, call this one, and I think the fans are right there with us. Three, two, one, Moxley. Moxley. Yeah, Why definitely. Not? I don't think he should lose it yet. I think he's gaining a lot of momentum, and I think for especially we've talked about this. I think every time that he's been on their pay per view recently, with them expanding to the United States, he's a good face to have Important on your side, especially with a championship. Yes. Yes. Indeed. That being said, um, he's going to be the underdog here, and he's going to fight from uh-huh. the bottom up, which he's the best at. Do- yeah. He's better at doing that. In, in a sense, this is this is Moxley versus Lesnar, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. This is the Japanese version of of Moxley versus Lesnar, and I cannot wait to see Minoru Suzuki beat the ever loving <laughs> yeah. shit out of Moxley and see Moxley not only sell it, but literally take so many um, stiff. Stiff, hard style shots. I mean, he's he's gonna take them. Yes, They're not gonna, gonna be gonna working shots. They're gonna be shots. Swing. By the way, I just hit the new <sighs> swing button that I added to the board today. Showing. <laughs> <laughs> it came up this week. Somebody posted an article where Natalia was pissed that that Oscar was working stiff in the ring, and I said. If I was in the ring with Asuka, I'd be working stiff, too. Swing. It was good. Oh, with that just being said, Pasty, uh, I got I to gotta say I got a, uh, a message from an anonymous listener just now that said, I like stiff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just followed it up with, I will take it stiff. So <laughs> shout out to anonymous listeners out there. We love you. Thank you. We appreciate swing. you listening. Keep up the work. There's a second swing just We're here for you. For you. Oh, Pasty gave you a swing. <laughs> <laughs> we love Pasty swing. With that, with that being said, uh, uh, what's up next? Oh, we got the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships on the line as Tetsuya Naito defends his double gold doubloons versus Kenta, and this is a hell of a main event. I'm so excited for this one. I couldn't, I couldn't decide I who to the, pick. I the endorphins running through my spine as I think about it. This is going to be a good one. Yeah. I want both of these fellers to win. I don't know how. The, I, and I guess it would be great because they could each walk away with the title. I don't know who would walk away with which, but that's not what's going to happen. But um, obviously, Naido is my second favorite in New Japan, one of my favorites. Kenta, who has been just an amazing, who's always been such an amazing talent in Japan, and for whatever reason, just didn't translate in America. He was an an injury magnet in America. That was the problem. Yeah, that, and I just really don't think he did translate. I don't think the fans got behind him, and a lot of it was the injury. But for whatever reason, I think he knows now that he needs to be a main event star here in New Japan. Of course, he was a pro wrestling Noah main event heavyweight champion. I mean, he was the guy in Noah. Left Noah to go to America, came back, 
Well, we all know, you know, Noah is now number three, maybe, in Japan. He's in New Japan. He's in the, the WWE of Japan, if you will. Yeah. And he's facing the, uh, I don't know if you want to say Seth Rollins of Japan. And, God, this is, this is going to go, I think this is going to go 40 minutes or more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this will be near an hour of just <laughs> the best insane main event New Japan action one could ask for. It's what you're looking for. Uh, all in all, I can I can already look at this lineup and say this is not going to stack up to Wrestle Kingdom. No. But then again, very few pay-per-views ever stack up to Wrestle Kingdom, let alone this last Wrestle Kingdom. But this match, uh, I bet we'll look at and say that would have fit right in at this year's Wrestle Kingdom. Naito Kenta, IWGP Heavyweight, and Intercontinental Championships on the line. Winner take all. Pacey, I'm going with my boy. I'm raising my one eye up in solidarity. Yes. Tetsuyo Naito. Yes, it hurts me how, how easy it was to pick Naito here. Like, I didn't even give Kenta a second thought. It was that easy to pick Naito. I, I See, it was different for me. I literally went back and forth so many times because... I think Kenta is somebody you can definitely build uh, as oh, yeah. a big star, especially he and it has makes a so story. Much sense with my saying Bullet Club is going to sweep, but I'm going against Bullet Club here because Kenta is a member. Yes, he is. And, and, you know, Kenta's story is that a redemption, but it's one that the Japanese, the Japanese audience was on the ride for. Uh-huh. They watched him in in Noah. They watched him become a big success. They bought his merch. They went to his events. They were sad to see him leave. They were rooting for him in WWE because they get to watch WWE. They were disappointed with how he was treated. They were upset they didn't get to see him. Now he's back on the biggest stage of them all. I mean, this is really a story made for the Japanese public. This isn't a story made for the United States public, such as maybe your Moxley Suzuki is. Yeah. But, um, but uh, yeah, you still got to go Naito. And if the shoe's on the other foot and Kenta wins, I can totally see them paving a, a storyline where Jay White is jealous that Kenta's rose to the top of the club and there's a meltdown there. And we could get Jay White out of the club and that would benefit the club all the way around. In my you opinion. and I feel that way. Yeah. I, yeah. New Japan is very high on Jay White, but you and I both agree that he's just he's holding the Bullet Club down more than anything. And wouldn't it be awesome to have the Bullet Club have their very first non-Gaijin leader? Yeah. And, yeah, of course, I mean... And it would be totally they, fitting. Like, they're taking it back. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they always say there is no leader of Bullet Club, and we we get that, but we know there's always been a leader yeah. of Bullet Club. There's I always mean, the top guy. Always. Yeah. So, I think it would be so awesome for mm. Kenta to take over leadership and, and be Naito the first non-Gaijin... Correct, correct. And he oh, and he earned it. Holy yeah. fuck, did he yeah, earn he it. did. Woo. Uh, I'm down with it. Uh, down with it. Naito both. We can't miss this one. I might not watch the whole pay-per-view. I'll probably skip the, the tag matches, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. I think but I'm for I, sure watching be, this no matter what. I'd be keen to tune in probably at the third match to the end. But, uh, yeah, that brings us to our tiebreaker. And this is one I wrote up. Will Moxley be wearing one of his many eye patches he's been sporting in AEW in recent weeks? Fat Mac is going with no, and I'm going to make a prediction that uh, I don't think affects the actual tiebreaker. 
especially since I think I'm going to lose it anyways. But I think he might show up with uh, with maybe a discolored eye, maybe a glassed over, glossed over, fogged over eye. I don't know. But I'll say no. I'll say he doesn't wear the eye patch. I just think if New Japan has no interest in working with uh, with AEW, this would be a good place to make a statement by not continuing their storyline. But because you picked no, I'm going with yes, which I feel is the safer answer as well. Yeah. Being as we haven't seen him without it since it happened. Yeah. Uh, and we still but, haven't seen any evidence that they're not working together. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah, they're obviously civil towards each other. Obviously. Mm. It's good stuff. Yes. Uh, and there's more good stuff coming in the Savage Sentinel, pastie. Yes, that's right. Let's snap right into this week's edition of Beef Sticks Podcast, Savage Sentinel. Will we break down all the news for you and yours? Coming in off the top this week, in a follow-up to the major news story last week, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter is alleging Vince McMahon and his former co-presidents wanted to do different things with the significant money that the company brought in from the recent TV deals with the USA Network and Fox. Vince reportedly wanted to heavily invest the money, looking at spending big money to sign, keep, and stockpile new talents to sit at home on their couches. And to make sure marketable talents didn't leave the company and sat at home on their couches. <laughs> Vince also wanted to create new regional offshoots to try and dominate the grassroots aspect of the pro wrestling market, which has started to happen in the UK market with WWE NXT UK, which is too many letters entirely. That's a ton of acronyms, buddy. Holy buckets. <laughs> Use some real words. It's 2020. This is where humanity's heading. It's just sick. There has been talks and at least rumors of WWE considering NXT Japan, NXT Germany, NXT Australia, and NXT Mexico, and NXT Canada for the future. Oh, NXT, our loyal wrestling brand. (laughs) I see a maple syrup on a pole match. (laughs) You know... If he could get Jericho, we'll, we'll probably talk about that later in the show, too. So I'm not going to touch that with a Canadian poll. But it was noted Vince wanted to try to regain the monopoly of the pro wrestling business that some would say he's had for years. And that started to slip away from him as other promotions see an increase in their worldwide popularity. Mainly New Japan Pro Wrestling and All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, so it, it's kind of, it's not a lot of new news from what we had last week, but there's at least some, how do Vince you want to say, like, of, official, unofficial rumblings. He's just, he's spinning the wheel right now, and and there's no knowing where anything's going to land. We, well, know I think that, we know that they, the Japan companies kind of threw a monkey wrench in the plans for NXT Japan. so that Smartly on their happen. part. Yes. Yep. Which, yeah, smartly on their part, but he's going to make it a lot harder for New Japan to do their United States thing. You know what I mean? He's going to try to, but as companies have shown, remember Ring of Honor sued uh, WWE for keeping them out of Madison Square Garden and won. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be harder and harder now with the the way that it, it's our countries are like what states were back in the day. This is a everything's global now. Even yeah. the most 
hillbilly hickish person knows what's going on in Timbuktu. So it's much harder for Vince to strong arm people, different companies to keep all these, all these wrestling promotions out because those companies are saying, yeah, but they're paying us money. Unless you're going to give us exclusive rights, they're going to do it. So, yeah, he, Vince will, obviously, he's he's that uh, whiny, spoiled uh, only child, and he's going to try definitely to make it harder for Japan, New Japan to make waves. But We'll see how that works. I know for a fact, you know, C- Cody Rhodes and MJF started the storyline leading up to Revolution. And, and one of the demands MJF made for the match to happen was Cody had to receive 10 lashes in the ring with a belt. And Vince immediately put together that strap match with Fiend and, and, and Daniel Bryan to, to either make Cody's lashing look like shit or to make him have to take even more of a beating to get it over. Right. And that's just, that's funny to me. And that's totally Vince all the way around. For one reason or the other, he just, he, he um, we haven't had a strap match in how long? Like th- that was the reason. Yeah. He, he jumps at anything. If something happens, he's like, he's like that kid. It's if somebody on his block gets a new gaming system, he has to have his parents get him that new gaming system with the limited edition decal or color or game or, you know what I mean? Yeah. We've all we've all known that person, that kid. Even at work, you have those same people. Even if it's as shitty as the person who always, every story you're telling, they always had the exact same thing happen, but somehow better or worse or whatever. You know, it's yeah. like shut up. That's Vince. He's he's spoiled. Yeah, uh, the plan backfired on Vince with AEW though, because Cody's whippings were far more gut wrenching, and the damage showed. I mean, that was what Vince's plan was the whole time, but AEW got more out of it, I think, than than what WWE did. Yeah, it is. Um, it's interesting, though. It's interesting that Vince is kind of, from what it sounds like, he's going, and I'm not comparing WWE today with WCW in 2000 or 99. I definitely wouldn't do that. Mm. But he's doing the same thing that so many people gave WCW shit for, which was locking down named talents but not using them, just locking them down just to have them. Yeah. And like you said, he's locking he's people down just to have the them set at home. That he is. That he is. He just wants them. It's like, I'm not going to play with them, but I don't want anybody else to have them. Again, that spoiled <laughs> yeah. only child. Yep, yep. It's like a toy that he hasn't played with for five years. You know, Cody That's what Rhodes. happens when you don't meet your biological father till you're a grown adult. <laughs> it's like Cody Rhodes, you know, he, he didn't play with Cody Rhodes for years, and now that Cody Rhodes is big, he's all pissed and, and everything. It's like, just let him go, buddy. Just let him go. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. And it's funny because WWE wants to say they don't pay attention to the other products, but you have to pay attention to it in order to plan something like that. Oh, for sure. There's been too many things that were are just coincidental. Yeah. And um, something that's that's very coincidental, and I just love Pasty. The New I York love Times. You too. I love Pasty. Uh, the New York Times ran an article Thursday covering a mass embezzlement scandal in the state of Mississippi, involving a state auditor who also happens to be former WWE developmental talent. Brett DiBiase. 
son of WWE Hall of Famer Ted DiBiase. Yes, the million-dollar man's son is involved in an embezzlement scandal. Well, how do you think the family got that money? <laughs> I just love it. I hate to say I love it, but I love it. According to the article, Pasty, DiBiase, the former director of the State Welfare Agency, and five others are being charged in one of the biggest embezzlement scandals in the history of the United States. Allegedly, DiBiase was given funds to go to a drug treatment facility in Malibu. That sounds fun. That was earmarked for Mississippi's welfare programs. According to documents, DiBiase was allegedly given the money as payment for classes for drug abuse that he didn't teach. So I guess it's true. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> oh, man. It's fiction meets reality, buddy. It is. It's awesome. It really is. <laughs> Apparently, nobody ever told him wrestling was fake, you know? It's still real to me. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show, too. <laughs> Fucking Christ. <laughs> it's a fun week for the Everything's news. connected this week. Oh, <laughs> spider webs. Gwen yes. Stefani would be proud of this one. I hope you're listening, Gwen. Yes. Schwing. She gets a swing for that. Schwing. <laughs> In other news, Court Bauer wrote on Twitter, The gate to the Americas has been opened. MLW and Dragon Gate. And with that, it's official. Major League Wrestling and Dragon Gate have formed a working partnership. The two companies that had been in talks over the past week and signed a deal earlier this week. MLW wants to bring Dragon Gate talent to the United States fans. Of course, the process of securing their visas can take time, so no word yet on when their talent will begin making appearances. And don't count on their champion doing the job. Yeah. <laughs> and what's interesting about this is um, a while back, there was a fairly successful company called Dragon Gate USA, which was the United States spinoff of Dragon Gate. This has been tried before. Well, well. Dragon Gate as a spinoff has been tried before. Now we have a solidified company that is trying to, to promote Dragon Gate, which could perhaps work better. Uh, what is kind of unique is that Dragon Gate USA ended up partnering with Evolve, and then Dragon Gate USA closed down and Evolve signed with WWE. So in a way, WWE bought Dragon Gate USA, and now MLW is... Taking it back. Reviving Dragon Gate USA. Yeah, it's really it's really an interesting path that this has led to. I I'm not sure what's gonna happen. I know Gabe Sapolsky was a big part of Dragon Gate USA succeeding, and he of course is working for Evolve now, which has a working relationship with WWE. Uh I, I believe I said earlier that WWE bought him. They didn't buy him, but they have a, a contracted working agreement together. So uh but Court Bauer is an amazing Booker himself, so I have no problems with Court Bauer taking the reins on this. I think if they mix the MLW talent with the Dragon Gate talent, this is another another prime example that we've been talking about for at least the past year now, Pasty, of how it's great all of these indie companies are working together to help polish each other so that they each shine brighter together. Yes. It's good. It's I, I like seeing companies working together, and I think that is the future whether or not Vince wants to realize it. 
yeah, I mean, with all of this being said, things like this, you know, we just talked about, we did predictions where New Japan has AEW stars on it, and now we're talking about Court Bauer working with Dragon Gate, and through all of this, Vince McMahon still digs his heels in and says, nope, I'm on it all night, cheering. It's, I, and to be fair, to be fair, he not only has the right to do that, he may be the only one who has the ability to do that. I mean, yeah. he does. He can have his own company without sharing with anybody, and people will still watch it. By droves, they'll still watch it. But you just, part of you thinks he'd be smarter. I don't know. I'm not the business person, and he's more successful than all these other companies, so maybe we're all wrong. Yeah. At least the other companies are doing it. Let's put it that way. At least they're not too good. I think it's funny how successful WWE is for for what we're going to get in at the end of the show. That's the, true. Breaking down the quarterly reports. Because it does not sound like the quarter, quarterly reports of a successful company. It doesn't. Well, it's about 50-50, I think, when we break it down. Yeah. It's surprising. Uh, but something that was very surprising for me. Yes. Being as I had never heard of the Texas Pock Pock. The Texas Pock. <laughs> it was Tupac down, down south, y'all. It was fun stuff. Um, <laughs> y'all lies on me. Okay. Um, the, the Texas Pock Pop. Why can't I say this? Okay. You say what it is. I'll say the name of the group, Pasty. It's the Texas Pop Punk Band. Bowling for Soup. Thank you. I had the hardest time with that. I've never heard, heard of them, them since high school, but I've never listened to them. In fact, I, I kept calling them. Uh, I kept calling them the the Soup Spoon Group or something <laughs> like Soup. Oh, I kept calling them Soup Spooners for some reason. I thought that was a thing. But they're most famous for their 2009 hit 1985, which I do know that one, and I enjoy yeah. it. I enjoy it a lot. But they've released a new single and video. That's kind of a weird science-inspired tribute, which I found out today at my uh, day job. People born after me don't know what weird science is. Pacey, do you know weird science? No. I mean, I know it exists, but I've never taken the time to give it the time of day. Well, apparently these people think people know what it is because they made a weird science-inspired tribute to Alexa Bliss titled Alexa Bliss, ironically. Yes. They even mentioned Larry Steve, Alexa's famous pig in the yes, song. So do. that's awesome. They talk about her moves and all kinds of stuff. The tone of the tribute is pretty clear from the chorus, which the chorus asks, why can't every girl be more like Alexa Bliss? And why can't they? Because some of the best aren't like her. Mm. But that's another story. Bliss, who cites Bowling for Soup as her favorite band and has tweeted about listening to them in the past when she was in high school, described it as her as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to have them write a song about her. It's a good, it's a fun song. It's a very fun music video. I recommend you all look it up. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's a good uh, video. It's, it's a biographical actually, song with accuracy. Actually, if you just look up Bowling for Soup, it's the only thing that'll come up. Because when I tried to find out what the fuck Bowling for Soup was to write <laughs> this little snippet here, that I, I had to dig hard to actually get to information about them. It was all just about this. So <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot on old Bowling for Soup. No. 
So just put in Bowling for Soup in your Google machine. You're going to find it. Or it's go to Alexa B6 Bliss. Podcast Facebook page because I posted it there as soon as I saw it this morning. I, I honestly, if she doesn't have a, a, a strong face run with this as her theme song, I'll be very surprised for how spot on it is. I, I would hope they get a, uh, a live appearance. They, they can't yeah. be expensive. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, this might be the only time to mention it. I am super fucking stoked that Poppy is going to have a live performance at NXT Portland. Oh, I'm just over the moon. No, Poppy gets, gets, uh, she doesn't get enough love. People look her over all the time. You don't hear enough about her. And she has a live performance at NXT Portland. What? You have to watch it just for that. Not only that, she does have what a new she comic. Saying? She has a new comic coming out, uh, Poppy's Inferno. And I would recommend getting a copy of that. In fact, if you act now, you can get a signed copy with a statuette. So uh, that's just me giving a little love to my girl, Poppy. I don't know what you're talking about. Poppy! (laughs) Poppy! I don't know. I don't know. Poppy? No. Poppy? Mommy. Poppy? Mommy. Anyways, Poppy's awesome. Cool. I love her. And, um... Definitely. Well, you're going to see her because you're going to watch NXT uh, take over Portland. So yes. you'll see her. Okay. I, I probably know. I'm just not connecting dots. She has actually, um, she's actually gave, uh, done some songs for NXT in the past. I think two different NXTs have used her songs as their theme, but now her, uh, she's actually, actually going to be uh, live. That's cool. Oh, they're doing her, doing, um, oh, which song is she doing? I don't remember which one it is, but I am very excited for it, and, All right. hey, I mean, it's, it's, it's Poppy. It's Poppy. And it's, this is Jimmy Noonan. We like yes. Jimmy Noonan. I love Jimmy Noonan. He's my favorite performer of all time. Jimmy Noonan, who was the head of WWE security for many years during the Attitude Era, has released his first novel entitled Getting Color. <clears throat> the book is loosely inspired by his time in WWE. Promotional material for the book notes, Dan Delirium Tremens Manley has it, The Gift. Men want to be him, and women want to fuck him. Swing. The place where Dan currently resides. Or wait, no, I skipped lines there. <laughs> and that's the simple formula that will take you off to the top of the mountain in professional wrestling. The place where Dan currently resides. Obstacles like Bobo Awesome, Clint McClintock, and Johnny Quest. A penchant for WFW top chicks. And an ever so available ring rats can't knock him off the mountain. Only he can do that. He wants more. And more is a dangerous proposition in the world he has chosen. More puts guys like Dan in deep shit. A place he is slowly descending to. This is the diary of his life on the road with the biggest traveling juggernaut in sports history. From day one with the strap to a dangerous confrontation months later. Any resemblances to actual persons living or dead or actual events is purely coincidental. 
Names, characters, businesses, places, events, locales, and incidents were either the products of this author's vast imagination or used in a fictitious manner. No wrestlers were injured in the writing of this book. Any likeness to the real thing is pure coincidence. No, I am not writing about you, you conceited fuck. I like how you really got into it about halfway through. You sounded yes. like one of the movie trailer guys. I, I, I was it. getting into it. Yes. I like that. It sounds interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say about it, but it sounds interesting. There's going to be some real stories in there hidden in the in the forest. Oh, God, no shit there's going to be. There's a lot to mine out of the professional yeah. wrestling world. Uh, and I'm sure a former security guy the backstage has seen a lot of shit at his time. So Yeah. Yeah, I think I think this is one worth adding to the wrestling novel library. I think it would be a fun read. I really do think it would be, especially because I, I'm really into the. Um, obviously, I'm really into the biographies and everything, but the fact that it's not that it's purely fictional, you can add more fun stuff. And then yeah. as I'm reading it, I can I can insert whichever wrestler I think it is in there. Yep. And we might all insert different wrestlers, you know. But that's the fun of it, really. That is. It's like a Mad Libs for, for wrestling. We like it. Yes. And, we don't uh, like Tim Ryan, though, right? No, Tim Ryan, he inserts whatever the fuck he wants to anywhere as if it's a fucking Mad Lib, just like every other politician uh, out there. Because, folks, uh, but the reason we're talking about him is because Congressman Tim Ryan's recent social media posts caught the attention of several pro wrestlers. He compared President Trump's State of the Union address to professional wrestling, tweeting, quote, I just walked out of the State of the Union. I've had enough. It's like watching professional wrestling. It's all fake. Well, popular indie wrestler Effie was the first to reply, saying, don't you dare bring me into this, Tim. Gail Kim also replied, we aren't fake. Trump is. We don't deserve to be lumped into his category. Trump equals unpredictable and fake. Wrestling equals predetermined and physically real. We are the escape from this reality. Well, Paige then jumped in with, You leave wrestling out of this! Dolph Ziggler shared an article from NBC News about the congressman's comments, and he wrote, As a fan of pro wrestling, politics, and Congressman Ryan, I see many similarities between the jobs we so passionately do, such as, It's only real when we win. That's got to be the quote of the year right there. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, JR, who we uh, snubbed at the beginning of the show for our token JRR, well, he let out a rant anyways. He got into this episode. He isn't going to let us knock him out. No way. He put out one of his trademark rants saying, Don't lump my profession into yours. Your profession has become embarrassing on both sides of your beloved aisle. Drake Maverick also added, You're fake. Constantly so that you get what you want out of life. An NWA star, uh, Camille, tweeted, if you think, if you think guy, wait, blah, blah, blah. if this guy, <laughs> I don't know, I can't talk today. Well, she doesn't normally speak, so I can understand where she'd have <laughs> trouble. That is true. I, <laughs> I, usually, I usually hear it in somebody's voice, and right now it's empty. <laughs> if this guy thinks political Twitter is bad, he obviously hasn't felt the wrath of wrestling Twitter yet. I think that's my favorite one. She's truly the silent Bob of NWA. 
She truly is, and I love it. <laughs> Finally, the big red mayor of Knox County, Glenn Jacobs, went after the congressman, pointing out, and so eloquently might I add, Sir, your statement is emblem- emblematic of the out-of-touch elitism so typical of Washington that has alienated countless everyday Americans. Professional wrestling brings joy to millions around the world. Politicians like yourself usually bring nothing but misery. Ah, I, I love I love just the way he said that. He said it very eloquently. I've never felt so right-leaning before. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, Ryan dug himself a hole here. Leave it to a politician to unite wrestlers from all fronts, all companies, yeah. all sides of the political aisle. Heels and faces, <laughs> silent and uh, outlandish. Yes. And let's not forget President Trump is a beloved member of the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> He's a WWE Hall of Famer. That is very true. He is WWE uh, through and through. Uh, yeah, yeah, him and Vince. Two peas in a fucking pod. Yeah, peeping. <laughs> Ah, and what is the most exciting news of the week for Fat Mac? And I was hoping you'd get to read this one yourself. Ring of Honor is bringing back the Pure Championship. A tournament to crown the first Pure Champion in nearly 14 years begins with first round matches at the Pure Excellence event in Columbus, Ohio on Friday, April 10th and Pittsburgh on Saturday, April 11th. In matches contested under pure rules, each competitor was allowed three rope breaks to stop submission holds and pinfalls during the match. After that, pinfalls and submission holds or on or under the ropes would be legal. Also, a rope break would be taken away for any DQ activity, such as close fist punches, low blows, etc. AJ Styles defeated CM Punk in a tournament final to become the first ever pure champion Back in 2004, the championship was held by top wrestlers such as Jay Lethal, Nigel McGuinness, Douglas Williams, and Samoa Joe. In August 2006, then Ring of Honor champion Brian Danielson defeated McGuinness to unify the titles as the Ring of Honor World Championship title. I am just, I am super giddy and over the moon about this. I cannot I like wait. It. it was my favorite I champion. I it a little part. confusing because doesn't it get watered down after a while when you can expect these to all be used up? No, because at the I time. I understand they, well, why it's not been a, a constant thing because it would I mean, be hard you, to do constant. You got to remember, it, it only lasted two years, so it didn't even get time to get watered down. But, you know, you don't always use up all of them. But the thing I really liked and I hope they don't jump to it immediately, but people started finding clever ways to make people lose their rope breaks, such as put somebody in a headlock. They're in a hold, right? Yeah. If you push that person into the ropes, bam. Now the referee forced them into a rope break that they probably never would have even used. So now you've kind of, as a heel, you've manipulated the pure rules to your favor. You know, things like that. It was Yeah. It was kind of fun. Or what another thing I liked is, you know, when when you're watching wrestling and let's say, um, who uses submissions right now? Anybody? Well, there's quite a few people. I'm not. Well, give to... me a fucking name and a submission. I'm trying to. I'm trying to throw out an example here. Samoa Joe. 
With... Okay, so let's say Joe has the coquina clutch on somebody, right? Yeah. If you're watching a match, whether it's on Raw or it's on pay-per-view, that person, the first thing they're going to try to do is get close to the ropes and put their foot on the rope. If you only have three, you might actually hold off and not try to, and you might try to get out of it uh-huh. yourself so that you can hold that, especially if it's at the beginning of the match. You know, you actually have to think, do I use a rope break or do I wait and try to fight this off, maybe right. use a little more energy but I still have a rope break for later. It's it's just I, I don't know. There are different rules. There's also you got the, it's a, you it's had a, twenty minutes um, to weapon use. You know what I mean? Uh, ish. Well, ish. If you're uh, willing a referee, to take that. a referee can a referee can call the match for you doing something wrong. You know, you can't just go and take a chainsaw and chop somebody's arm off. <laughs> That's one rope break. That- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, um, it's there's still some referee discretion, but you know, um, another thing was they had to start with the code of honor, which I don't know how many old school Ring of Honor fans are listening to this, but the code of honor was you Rush shook hands before shake hands. <laughs> you shook, yeah, you shook your you shook your hands you before shuck, every you match. Quack, quack. And you you couldn't even start the match unless both wrestlers did that. Also, there was a twenty minute um, outer ring time limit so you could be out of the ring for 20 minutes instead of 10 which i don't know why all companies don't do that uh yeah 20 seconds 20 minutes is a long time (laughs) set up a chair enjoy the show i would like that kind of ruling 20 second time limit on the outside of the ring you guys are like that and a half minutes you better get back in here soon it's really fun <laughs> it's just I, I'm really excited for it, and I think it just adds a little more honor to your wrestling, which is yeah. perfect for Ring of Honor. Exactly, that's what it's all about. Uh, no, I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do with it, and and with with a new you know a new start for Ring of Honor, this can only mean good things. I agree. Yes. But now it's time to get into the things that come and go, much like the Pure Championship. Only this time we're talking about people. Ah, and uh, there's a good amount of coming and going around here. Of course, the first one, Pasty, is Session Moth Martina. Uh, Some of you might not know who she is and might have thought I just had a stroke because I've had about four (laughs) times while I've been doing this show. No, I said that name correctly. Session Moth Martina will be making her Ring of Honor debut at Ring of Honor Free Enterprise. By the way, that's their free show they're putting out. Is Doesn't there cost a anything Martina, to go there. Because that flows so well on its own. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there isn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she, she does go by Session sometimes. She does go by Moth Martina. She goes by... Multiple sesh. She goes by sesh. Moth Martina. Um, the Irish grappler will take on Sumi Sakai at the event and could not be more excited to bring her brand of partying to the United States. Okay. She spoke with RingOfHonor.com about her feelings coming in and what the fans should expect from her, saying, "I am so excited to wrestle Sumi. She looks like she knows how to handle a beer or two, so maybe it's just going to turn into a full blown party, and we'll just leave happy." As for Angelina Love, that girl thinks she's so hot, but she clearly hasn't seen me yet. Doesn't she know everyone fancies Martina? She definitely will by the time I get to her. I like this chick already. I know, right? 
She continued, the best way to describe myself is the party that never ends. I don't really care about anything else other than that. No one takes away my party time. And if they try, that's when I get vicious. Now, for those of you who don't know her, Sesh is a former Insane Championship Wrestling Women's Champion, Pro Wrestling All-Stars Queen of Diamonds Champion, Over the Top Wrestling Women's Champion and Gender Neutral Champion, and current Discovery Women's Wrestling's Champion. Very nice. I'm excited to see what she can do. Like I said, I like her already just from that that little quote. Yeah, she's going to bring some good fire to Ring of Honor. As we've said from the beginning of this year, Ring of Honor needs to and seems like they're in the middle of a revamp. Mm. Things like bringing back the Pure Championship and bringing in some uh, some international flair. And I, I hate to say it because Ring of Honor is the more technical and mat-based and wrestling-prone thing, but to bring in a few uh, flashy, flashy performers wouldn't hurt. Yeah. It's... You don't have to focus around that, but it wouldn't hurt. I'm pretty interested to see what she brings to the table. Now, it's 2020. We've been in the era of reboots and rehashes and restarts, and now we get to look forward to the Jesus Bulls, which is a spinoff of... Uh, yeah, it's going to be so... The Great Lebowski... Yeah, yeah, the, the Big, Big Lebowski. Lebowski. It's going to be so horrible. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's gonna Christopher be so Walken... Awful. It's gonna be it's gonna be worth watch, but it's still gonna be terrible. Oh, I'm gonna but not watch only it. that, they did just uh, put out Doctor Sleep, Stephen King's second chapter to The Shining. Do we really need that? Oh, that's been out for a while, Luke. That's about a year old now. Yeah, I never heard about it while I was in theaters, and now I'm just oh really? It. Now it's oh, I heard about it. I heard about it back when it was uh, a a book. Yeah, I, I, I'm just hearing about it now, and I'm like, why? Uh, again, I want to watch it, but I, I haven't heard anything good about it. Well, the wrestling world is not free from reboots and rehashes either, as both Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder of The Revival officially requested their WWE release again. They had previously requested their release in January of 2019 and reportedly cited that they were unhappy with the tag division as a whole and how they were being used. In May of 2019, they were reportedly offered a five-year deal worth $500,000 per year, which they turned down. Their contracts are expected to expire in April, but it's been reported that WWE is adding an extra 10 weeks due to Wilder missing time with a broken jaw in 2016. And because Vince apparently just does not want to let anybody go. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least they're sticking to your guns. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again, and then go home and sit on your couch some more. (laughs) You know, it's not a bad gig if you can get it. Yeah. But, um, but it's got to leave you, it's got to leave you hoping for more. Mm Mm-hmm. It'd be nice if WWE would let them go, but I think they're the ones they want to make the example out of the most because they know where they're going when they go. Well, they screwed up themselves by legitimately by legitimately referencing outside companies and outside yeah. groups. I mean, it's it's a risk. You know, sometimes there's risks you could take, like Call Me Up Vince by uh, Velveteen Dream. Yep. And uh, it works. Sometimes there's risks like... Uh, 
the revival putting FTR on their tights and uh, getting fucked. They yep. they got what they asked for. <laughs> they trademarked that shit and received they said, it. They said fuck the revival, and Vince said, "Bend okay. over, just call me Black Cat." <laughs> <laughs> you got the Black Cat thing going. That's kind of cool. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Another one on the way out, apparently. Teonara Conti is reportedly on her way she's out. She's a real Conti. <laughs> she's reportedly on her way out of the WWE after a disagreement with management. Conti reportedly left the company in mid-January, according to both the Wrestling Observer and Fightful Select. Also, according to WrestleBR, Conti reportedly refused to work the Women's Battle Royal main event on the January 15th NXT episode on the USA Network, which saw Bianca Belair win to earn the TakeOver Portland title shot from NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley. Now, it is unclear if Conti actually walked out of the company, but WrestlingBR confirmed that she is still technically under contract. Besides her actual handle, Conti has removed any references to WWE from her Twitter page. She still lists herself as a WWE NXT superstar in her Instagram bio, though. The 24-year-old Conti has been with WWE since 2016, which surprised me. I remember her. Well, no, I remember her a lot, but I just thought she was much newer, I guess. But now that I think about it, it's been about two years since I've watched WWE, so that kind of makes sense. There you go. If they're not using her, let her go. Again, just let her go. Yeah. Ah, well, a new class of WWE Performance Center recruits have showed up to take the place of Conti and again officially working with the company in Orlando on Monday. The list includes top indie talent Timothy Thatcher, Dragon Hatcher, the 36-year-old Thatcher has turned down WWE offers in the past but has remained on the radars of WWE's Director of Talent Development and Head of Global Recruiting, William Regal, as well as Canyon Seaman. Oh, I love Canyon Seaman. <laughs> it's my favorite kind. I prefer, to, I prefer to call him last name the first name, you know, like because that's respectful and it's professional. It's a Seaman Canyon. I like a good Seaman Canyon. It's what I'm calling <laughs> the old lady from now on. <laughs> Panda Red, the Seaman Canyon. <laughs> I can dig it. Thank <laughs> God she don't listen to this. <laughs> I can snap into that, buddy. <laughs> what <did> she... <laughs> Got it. Seaman okay. Canyon. Kept the attention of William Regal as well as Canyon Seaman, WWE's Senior Director of Talent Development. Thatcher has competed for MLW, Evolve, Pro Wrestling, Gorilla, WXW, Revolution Pro, amongst others. According to Meltzer, Thatcher reportedly signed a deal with WWE because he couldn't land a contract with any of the top promotions in Japan, as that was his initial goal. His signing is described as tremendous for WWE. Ready to get underutilized, friend? I think he will. Yeah. I think he will. Yep. He's older than they want. He's um he isn't flashy, you know. 
he did all right in MLW. I'm, I'm not a huge Timothy Thatcher fan, but they they used him a lot and pushed he's him no very Canyon well. Seaman. He's he's no Canyon Seaman. We all we can't all be Canyon Seaman. Um, yeah, I don't see him doing much outside of NXT for sure, but he Training. could be. Yeah, I was gonna say he could be a huge asset behind the scenes after he retires. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if Japan won't take could. you, there's probably not much left for you. Right? Yeah, I'm really surprised. I I did a few. I looked around, searched a couple places, and couldn't really find anything on why Japan wasn't interested in him. Any of them? So I'm not sure what the deal is there. It's, it's uh, funny that WWE is his last resort, though. That That's a feel-good thing. <laughs> I don't think it's his last resort, but I feel like it was probably his only... It seems like he wanted to he wanted to move on, and he either wanted to go to the Orient, or if he didn't want to do that, he was like... To me, it seems like he either wanted to have the most creatively, which is what he's seen in Japan, or the most money, which is what he's seen in WWE. That's, that's the way I read through between the lines, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that that makes sense. <clears throat> um, but another in. Okay. Do you just want to read it at the same time? <laughs> Need to. <laughs> um, no, I don't think we do that. Um. Anyways, another indie standout is women's wrestler Aja Pereira. Twenty-five-year-old Aja is based out of Atlanta and is a former Shine Nova champion as well as a former Shine tag team champion with AEW's Big Swole. She has worked for several other promotions since debuting in 2013 as well. Aja worked at a WWE tryout in the Performance Center last December. Seems like they must have liked her and they're bringing her in. That's good stuff. Keep her away from AEW, which is probably where she'd go since her friend's there. Yeah. Yeah. Does WWE's, she have friends there? <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, Big Swole, they were tag team champions together. And Big Swole's the new hot thing on the block over at AEW. I could see them going for Aja, but WWE, you know, you know, they don't pay attention to the product. <laughs> but, nope. <laughs> but they'll split up friends. WWE has also confirmed the long rumored signing of Killer Cross, which I'm assuming he will be branded as Keller Cross going forward. Wade Keller, baby. (laughs) Cross is perhaps best known for performing in Impact Wrestling in 2018 and 2019, but also had success in Major League Wrestling and AAA, where he was a member of the MAD and La Fashion in Gabra Noble stables. The, the ungovernable fascists, ungovernable faction. Okay, but yeah, that's that's good. Look at you and your Hispanic <laughs> knowledge. That that half a year really paid off. <laughs> he also appeared on the final season of Lucha Underground as the White Rabbit. Whoop whoop. Weep weep. Yeah, that was the sound talked, of the ambulance because we're about to get into this week's injury report. Whoop whoop! That's the sound of the police. Whoop whoop! That's the sound of the streets. Whoop, whoop. Oh, the sad thing is, so many people listening to this are not even going to know. Not only will they not know that what that is, I can even say 
they're not gonna know that hit from Boogie Down Productions, and they'll be like, "What's Boogie Down Productions?" Oh, was was that? Oh, <sighs> too busy listening to all this mumble rap and Billy Ellis, who's not any better than mumble rap. Oh, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> she, she's the don't hate on Billy Eilish. Billie Eilish has a unique, distinct style that is 100% different <laughs> from anything else out there. Except for every one of Every one of her songs are not only coherent so you know what she's saying, no. but actually have feeling behind them. She has great beats, <laughs> insightful lyrics, a beautiful voice, and, and she's, she's winning all these... going to die young like Kurt Cobain because she doesn't want the all of these, she uh, has. She's winning all these awards, so... That she said please no to when they yeah. were going to announce her name. She's going to yeah. die young because she That's fine. She's still an amazing artist, and I'm going to give her all the credit in the world. She's definitely... Her and Lizzo I'll are my top right shotgun. now. Her and Lizzo are my top right now. I'm just going to... You can't hate shit. on talent. You shit. can't hate on talent. Lizzo's the shit, and I got to support the, the hometown talent. Yeah. I mean... But Billy Eilish is the fucking mumble. Detroit and all, but hometown Detroit, baby. <laughs> whoop whoop, hometown Detroit. Whoop, whoop. No, Lizzo. Lizzo did do a lot of work in Minnesota. She's a Detroit gal, but she did a lot in Minnesota. Yes, we like Minnesota. Yes. Actually, I think she is it Chicago or Detroit. She's from one or the other. I want to say Chicago, but I could be wrong. I think you're in Chicago because I I felt I was wrong. Anyway, somebody who's not from De- Detroit, Chicago, or Minnesota is Kalisto. But he's also not going to be doing good lucha things anytime soon, pasty. Because, ironically, right after signing his new multi-year deal, sit home on the couch with WWE, the former United States champion got injured again. According to Pro Wrestling Sheet, the Lucha House Party member has suffered a shoulder separation. It apparently doesn't require surgery as of now, and it's unknown when he will return to action. Goddammit! <laughs> uh, that separation anxiety is a killer. He's anxious. He's anxious to do good lucha things. Yes. And so is Gringo Loco, who missed the MLW Fightland show, as he's currently hospitalized in Mexico with the flu. He was slated to wrestle, but wasn't cleared by the doctor at the arena and was ordered to go right to the hospital where he remains as of this recording with the coronavirus. I think he's got the coronavirus, but I have a feeling it's not Salt the Japanese is one. the only prescription. I, I don't think it's the Japanese one. I think he just had one too many Coronas down there in Mexico. Salt he just, you know, is the only prescription. They put the lime in the coconut and they no longer have coronavirus. <laughs> Who the fuck drinks corona nowadays anyways? I'm a dosekets guy all the way. Maybe I Modelo. I like Modelo. I'm, I'm like IPA, so I, I don't need to drink all that watery shit anymore. Oh, I hear you, but no, dosekets is good. Modelo is good. I just don't need a corona. Hi, Chihuahua. Well, somebody else who isn't going to have a corona is NXT performer Karen Q, who underwent another surgery Wednesday morning pasty. Oh, my gosh, this girl. Miss Q first underwent surgery last summer after suffering a broken leg at an NXT live event in late July, teaming with Bianca Belair for a win over Rena Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley. She returned for an in-ring promo at a live event in early December, but now she's going back under the knife for the same injury only 27 weeks after the first operation. Oh, 
You know, if, if NXT is good for one thing, especially the per- performance center side of it, it's weeding out the injury prone before they make it to TV. I, I would agree with that to, um, to an extent. But look at all the people who are injury prone in NXT but then leave and aren't. Well, that's because they Isn't it ironic? <laughs> well, I think you're not maybe... talking going to the main roster. I, no, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, like leaving WWE yeah. altogether. Is, is it the schedule? Is, yeah. it, is it what is it? What is it that they can be maybe. not injury prone? Let me look at New Japan. They have a much less schedule. I get it. Maybe and their Vince matches is trying to, you know, he'll, he'll sign any talent. Maybe he sees the ones that don't have potential and tries to put them out on purpose. I wouldn't be surprised. As sad and scary as it is, it could be. They're his toys. If he can't have them, no one else can. So he'll break them. Break them. Break them. Wrestling legend, wide-eyed southern boy, Tracy Smothers, is currently in the match of his life as he is battling stage 3 lymphoma cancer. He announced on Facebook to all concerned, I was diagnosed with lymphoma cancer, which now am on chemo treatment. Oh, this is a fun one to read. Rapid growing tumors. Doc told me years ago, I have blockage in my arteries. So here we are and have lost 45% of my heart use. Also, he said, I have lots of head. Lots of head. (laughs) At least there's a up. (laughs) There's a positive to this. He has lots of head. Lots of head. Body trauma. <laughs> so this is a much fun head. Read. I, I love I love what I love uh reading these uh seventy three year old people's tweets and stuff. Yeah. Because you can tell the ones that have people write it for them and those who write it themselves. Yep. And old uh, Southern Tracy Smothers sure is writing this one all on his own, baby. <laughs> this is a shoot. This ain't no work here. Well, Keep at least going, his Tracy. exit ticket is in his name. <laughs> Just gonna lay that one on the line here. Right. <laughs> Keep it going, Pacey. Let's see. Doc said I had a heart attack sometime back and didn't know it. I have felt bad for a while now, but thought I was getting old, LOL. Oh, he busted an LOL out. Way to go, you he's young got to show buck. he's with the times. Yeah. This is not fatal as it's between my pancreas, colon, neck. That doesn't sound fun. No. Maybe not fatal, Isn't that but like not fun. most of your body, like that covers a good portion of your your body. neck to your colon. That's your entire torso. It <laughs> covers a good area. A big thank you, or a big ty to all of you. The letter he's really trying to seem young. Ah, oh, he is young. He's young at heart. <laughs> not not much of a heart, but it's, no. it's young. <laughs> <laughs> but I look at it as getting. Why do they a- laugh so hard at some of the worst shit? I don't know. This guy had a heart attack and he's battling cancer, and we can't stop laughing. It's so bad. Uh, Damn you, Tracy's laughter, mother! Laughter is the best medicine. Oh, it truly is. Uh, this fucker's uh, dying. <laughs> but we're living on. Yes. But <clears throat> Keep I look going, at Pacey. it as getting a tune-up, overhaul, tires rotated oil change, etc. I get all of it except for the tires rotated. Is he like just changing his shoes or what's going on there? His hands are now his feet. They're swapping out hand feet? (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch, you look like that broad from Aeon Flux. (laughs) 
a lot of listeners aren't going to catch that reference. I'm really showing my age here just as much as old wild-eyed southern traces mothers. Remember, life is a battle, and yes. I'm in it to win it, so don't hesitate in trying to be tough by putting off getting checked out in this day and age you never know. International Combat Sports will put, be putting on a fundraising event for wrestling legend Tracy Smothers. Local and regional wrestling stars from the past, present, and future are coming together to raise money for Tracy with eight matches on Saturday, February 29th at the Dunbar Recreational Center in Dunbar, West Virginia. And you know if we talk about an event put on in a recreational center, it's going to be the best show of the year you never heard about. Woo! <laughs> Tickets will be available at the door and only range from 10 to $20. At the end of the, the night, 100% of profits made from admissions will be handed straight to Tracy to help out with his hospital bills and day-to-day expenses. In all seriousness, no joking aside, if you or, or you have family or friends in the area, tell them to stop by. Even if they don't like wrestling, drop 10 bucks in the admission thing. I mean, they're offering 10 to 20 bucks for this show. And it goes to help the man live another five, six. Just go do it. Yeah. You know, I'm nowhere, you and I are nowhere near this, and I'm not going to be able to afford to drive out there even if it's only a 10. Even if it was a free show, I wouldn't be able to afford to do it. You have to look at wrestling legends in a sense the same way you should look at military veterans. Uh, uh, Similar, yeah, I would agree. They put themselves through such I'm traumatic sure physical and everyone in the military would disagree with me. But take that up with Tim Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Pasty, we bust into Tim Ryan's WWE 2019 business report. <laughs> yes, the biggest segment you've been waiting the longest time to hear. We're going to break down all your fourth quarter 2019 highlights. So basically, we just really, really (laughs) siphoned through a lot of the bullshit that was spouted, oh, was it yesterday or two days ago? I don't even remember now. Uh, I think it was yesterday, because it mostly came across my radar. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. So basically, we've really filtered out all the BS, and we gave you what we feel is somewhat pertinent, but it still has to somewhat be in legal terms so and we'll still break down our speculations and let's put it this way bear with us or just turn off the fucking podcast if you don't want to hear this shit i'm not gonna lie yeah we already got you for an hour and a half (laughs) you know if if you're not gonna dig this shit then shut it the fuck off we love you we appreciate you listening thank you very much this was a super fun episode folks for those of you that that was a perfect time to hit the asshole champ button i love that that's great and to be honest I think our fans really know that this is where Pasty and I are going to shine. Yes. We're going to read you the boring shit, and then we're going to come through. It's going to be beef sticks all over this uh-huh. goddamn motherfucker. This is the shit we love. We love to rip this shit and dissect this is, uh, it. This is where Pasty and Mac go skeet, 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 skeet all yes. over your fucking ears, bitches. Yes. And you can there only you hear it on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cloud style. So, uh, Pasty, let's just, let's just bounce it back and forth. We're going to bounce the black balls as we tend to do. It's not racist, trust me. Fourth quarter, we're, first we're going to start out with uh, the quarterly highlights, then we're going to go into the full year highlights, and then we're going to go into the outlook of 2020. Ooh, looking into the future. It's fun. It's exciting. 
I'll start us out with uh, revenues for fourth quarter 2019. Fourth quarter 2019 revenues increased 18% pacey to $322.8 million from the prior year quarter as increased revenue in the media segment, primarily driven by the monetization of core content, was partially offset by lower revenue from the company's live event segments. Uh, to dumb it down... Their TV shows and everything else is making money. Their live events are losing money, but their TV shows are making more money than their live events are losing, so they're being profitable. That's what businesses want. Um, even still, this was actually the highest quarterly revenue in WWE history. So fourth quarter of 2019, they made more revenue than in any quarter since they've ever been in business. So that means the end of the last year was the most profitable revenue quarter that they've ever had. So they're making money. The The company as a whole is making money. Wow. And history making money. Oh, shit. sorry. I dozed off there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> That that's good news though, right? That's good news for yeah. WWE for sure. Yeah, and it's good news for the wrestling. Uh, a wise man said a while ago, WWE doing good is positive for the pro wrestling business doing good. WWE doing bad is negative for the pro wrestling business doing bad. And still at this state, I think WWE is big enough that that's still true to this day. Yeah, yeah. So now I'll break into it with your operating income. The operating income increased by 87% to $99.8 million, driven again by increased profits from the media segment. The company's operating income margin increased to 31% from 20% in the prior year quarter. So again, to dumb it down, basically, um, what they're going out and producing, they're bringing in more money. In yes. fact, an increase of 87% is huge. And that was mostly from uh, Fox and Saudi Arabia. Yes. And we we all expected that. Mm-hmm. That was smart of them to save it for fourth quarter. Well, I mean, and, and it, it's our, it already shows, like, in, in the wrestling scene in general, because NWA is more focused on their media than they are selling event tickets. You know what I mean? They have the small studio. Exactly. Media is where the money is. It's not in filling arenas anymore. Yeah, NWA is is not paying Cowboy James Storm and Nick Aldis from the gate attendance no. of their shows. No. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. But YouTube ads, there you go. Sponsors, mm-hmm. there you go. Pay-per-view, there you go. Um, Net income, pasty. Net income, this is their income as a whole. This is what they end up actually... uh... Oh, I'm running a blank. Net income is what they end up taking at at the end. This is their money. Gross would be overall. Net is what they take at the end, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is what you net. So this is what they're actually making after all of their taxes and and penalties and everything else is paid. Their net income was $69.3 million, or $0.78 cents per diluted share. I don't know what diluted share means, but 
That's what they said, so we're putting it on that. But that's compared to $41.2 million or $0.46 cents per diluted share in the fourth quarter of 2018. That's a huge increase as well. And this increase was primarily well, driven. isn't there less diluted share now that Vince sold all of those stock? Well, we're talking about, we're talking about 2019, not 2020. Okay. okay. 2019, not 2020. Okay. This increase was primarily driven by improved operating performances, partially offset by the impact of the financial lease related to the company's new headquarters. So basically, um, Improved operating performance means that they found ways to cut back on spending money and bring in more profit. But the reason it wasn't bigger than it would have been, and from forty-one point two to ninety or to sixty-nine point three, is a huge jump. Yeah. But it would have been bigger yet if they had not bought this new uh, company headquarters. So apparently they had the money to buy the new company headquarters because they still netted this much more. So good for them. They're still making good moves. Mm-hmm. And now for the fun part, the media. The one ever the only one anyone cares about. <laughs> yep, the only part that matters to us. During the quarter, WWE consider, continued to make progress on strategic initiatives, leveraging platforms and partners to expand the reach of its brand and talent. The company successfully transitioned SmackDown to Fox Broadcast, where viewership increased by 20% over the prior year period. Maintained the highest rated program on USA Network with Monday Night Raw and increased its live in-ring television programming schedule to seven hours with the airing of NXT on USA. Can I just say, holy shit, seven? When I read that, I was like, is it seven fucking hours? Yes. Seven fucking hours. That sounds redonkulous when you say And that's not including pay-per-views. No. Or specials or any of that stuff. Saudi shows. Yeah. With the exception of Monday Night Football, Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown were the number one rated Monday Night Cable and Friday Night Broadcast programs respectively among the coveted adults 18 to 49 demographic in the quarter. Now that last sentence is fucking huge. Yep, that's that's everything. Huge. That means more people are watching WWE than they are watching anything else except for Monday Night Football. Mm. And Monday Night Football is... It's waning too, isn't it? Uh, it is waning, but it's also not yearly. Yeah. So it's like, holy shit, that means that... That, mean, that means everybody's fucking watching this shit. That's, that's, hu- that's fucking huge. You can say what you want about uh, broadcast television and cable television not being what it used to be, and I, I'm, I'm the first preacher of that, and I believe that. Yeah. But nonetheless, there's still a lot of people that do it. There's still a ton of options. And the fact that Raw and SmackDown are the number one on their brand of of, of um, broadcasting on their nights in what advertisers are willing to pay for, the 1849 demographic, that, that solidifies them as not only the number one wrestling program, the number one entertainment provider mm. on television hands Which down is a dying brand but yes it is but it's but it's still <laughs> the only brand that you can really uh yep it measure at show. This ratings time. really don't matter because the ratings go down but it's still number one that means the ratings are going down everywhere yes yeah, that means that 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 medium is dying 100 percent. so people again need to stop i'm, I'm behind that. that really 
No, no. That just means you have to add other things into it. Yeah. You know, if you'd look at YouTube, YouTube yeah, streaming views, and DVR and all that. I can guarantee you WWE gets more YouTube views than any other wrestling station. Oh, AEW, WW, or MLW, NWA. Some none of them are getting pop half as views much. Within hours. Streaming. I can guarantee you WWE streaming service gets more than uh, Ring of Honor streaming service yeah, yeah. and New Japan streaming service. So, yeah, I, I would still say WWE is still owning the media section of everything. The entertainment section of pro wrestling. Well, from owning. what I heard overall, um, WWE Network numbers have been dropping in the last year. People, oh, We haven't even gotten to that, have we? Okay, no. I, I wasn't sure if it was included, but you brought up streaming, so I figured it was necessary to speak. Of. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but with that, we've covered the quarter, so now let's back it up and get your full year 2019 highlights. That's right. We're going to do it all over again with a larger scope. So we're getting into revenues again, Pacey. For the whole year of 2019, revenues increased 3% to $960.4 million, the highest in the company's history. So even for the whole year, they still had a record-breaking money-making year, Pasty. So yeah, they once are... you get so big, it just snowballs. You can kind of count on that almost every year. That's good, though, right? Yeah. For, as, as far as a, a business, a company, that's what you want. I wish my life could do that. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it increased 3%. So last year, it was 3% less. But hello, give me 3% of $960.4 million and I'll be happy as shit. Yeah. yeah. I'm not arguing. Um, that was primarily driven by the escalation of core content rights fees, as we said in the media segment. Again, mostly Fox and Saudi Arabia. That was yes. the biggest part of it. The thing that, that uh, especially Saudi Arabia, a lot of us have, have guffawed at, and I stand behind it, but the Fox thing was definitely well worth it. Yeah. The growth was partially offset by lower live event ticket sales, similar as the fourth quarter. In fact, 56 fewer events and lower average attendance. So there was actually 56 fewer live events this whole year. Yes. That includes house shows, it's and that can also include um, less pay-per-views if there were less pay-per-views. Yeah, because they were doing them every was. two weeks, remember? <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't remember because I still wasn't watching, but yeah. <clears throat> um, there was a decline in WWE Network subscription revenue. The absence of the Mixed Mass Challenge on Facebook took a, a little chunk out of the pocketbook as well. I wonder why they stopped and... doing that, because it wouldn't be difficult to produce it. And it people did watch it. We we always covered it, so there was there was always some interest. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't interested in it, but we did cover it because other people are interested. So not sure. Maybe maybe it wasn't worth the money they were putting into it, despite what the money they were getting out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's hard to do it when male and female talent can't really interact with each other. Well, I actually remember the last one they had, wasn't there like three major injuries that really shook yeah. everything up? Yeah. So I think that probably was part of it. It left a bad taste in their mouth, like, mm. oh, fuck. And it is. It's it's <clears throat> unnecessary risk for talent. So I get it. Yeah, I get it. Just like the house shows, I completely understand taking them off the board, too. Hey, that was the first thing Eric Bischoff did to try to make WCW profitable was eliminate house shows. And obviously he made them the most he made them profit for the first time ever, let alone the most profitable wrestling organization at at one period of time. Yes. <clears throat> now we'll move on to the operating income. 
which increased to 116.5 million from 114.5 million as the growth in revenue and reduced management incentive compensation associated with the company's full year performance was partially offset by increases in other fixed costs including the impact of certain strategic investments to support content creation the firing of George Barrios and <coughs> Williams <laughs> well and again that happened after this that happened oh, in 2020 so that actually didn't affect this but one thing that stood out to me and I don't know if folks listening at home caught this uh this set of words or this phrase, but this was huge and it surprised me. It says reduced management incentive compensation associated with companies full year performance. That means that the big wigs, the top guys in management actually got less of a percentage of um, the company's, uh, the company's profits this year. So, Good for WWE. See, I still for, want to see Vince's tax return. That's that's a different thing. But the fact that any major company like this is willing to take money back away from management and put it into somewhere else is just it's huge. It's something yeah. all companies need to be doing. Yes. You don't need um, to be making that much money. Nobody needs to be making that much money. No. And so that that just really stood out to me that wow, okay. So part of what happened was reduced management incentive compensation associated with companies' performance. Watch. That's he huge. just started paying Barrios and Williams less, and he, he gave himself a slight raise, but it's still offset enough <laughs> that he could make this claim. I, I That wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. And, again, smart business move. <laughs> yep. Um, net income, we move into pasty. Net income decreased to $77.1 million. That's 0.85 per diluted shares from 99.6 million in the prior year. So the whole year, their net income has actually decreased by, again, by a decent amount. Yeah. But this was primarily due to the impact of the finance, the finance lease related to the company's new headquarters, as we talked about, as well as a higher effective tax rate in the current year. So as they made more money, they broke into another super millionaire conglomerate tax bracket that now they're paying more in taxes as well. It's funny. I thought Trump flipped that in their back. <clears throat> I'm sure they're getting a, I'm sure Vince McMahon, the person is getting a good chunk of that back pasty. Trust yeah. me. Um, George Barrios and Ola, what's her name's probably getting a decent amount back in their severance package as well. Definitely. They walked away from this fucking doing good trust me yeah yeah they're not hurt they they'll walked be, away fucking. for the rest of their lives they walked away carrying bags with a dollar sign on it dripping hundreds wouldn't that be funny if they went to AEW? <laughs> uh, yes it'd be funny in, in theory no in practice it wouldn't because we definitely don't want the presidents of wwe bringing aew down they're they're, they're yeah. such a different product i would not want those kind of minds in charge but yes in theory it'd be awesome <laughs> uh that brings us to the stock market the company returned 120.8 million to shareholders in 2019 including 83.4 million in share repurchases and 37.4 million in dividends paid why haven't we bought into these fuckers? I don't know. They're low now. We should. 
they're the lowest they've ever been. We need yeah. to get into it before they get back up to 100, which they will. And then sell that shit. Uh, under the company's existing stock repurchase program, nearly 1.4 million shares were repurchased at an average price of $59.67 per share. Damn. Damn. And some people own how many shares, you know? Right. Thousands of shares. Yep. At at an average of 59.67. Remember, at one point, it was 100-something. Mm-hmm. God. Golly. I don't even know what to say. Oh, moving on into the media. Again, the only thing most people really actually give a shit about most of this. Uh, media increased by 59.7 million or 9% to 743.1 million. Primarily, this was due to contractual escalations of core rights fees for the company's flag- flagship programs, Raw and SmackDown. Again, Fox really had a huge deal on this. The revenue growth was partially offset by a decline in WWE Network subscriptions. This is kind of what Pasty was getting at earlier. Yes. That reflected a 6% decline in average paid subscribers to $1.55 million, as well as a decline in, quote, other media revenues with the absence of Mixed Mass Challenge on Facebook Watch as well and as others. Tout. <laughs> and Tout. Boy, they took a, they took a dive on Tout. <laughs> Now I did uh, after all this I, I, I did a little uh, I did a little digging pasty Fat Mac Fat Mac is into numbers I love eighty three weeks with Eric Bischoff because he gets so much into the business of it and I think a lot of folks a lot of folks don't dig it and that's part of why I even gave the disclaimer when we got into this it's like if you don't dig it I don't want you to listen to it but Fat Mac actually is into the business end of some of this shit I did a little extra digging and found some information on that was specifically network related, Pasty. You want to bring us into the this a little bit? Yeah. The WWE Network had 1.389 million paid subscribers at the end of 2019 with 70,000 free subs for a total of 1.459 million subscribers. The total number of paid subscribers was down 9% from 2018 while total subscribers were down 6.6%. So a noticeable amount down, a yes. lot more than you would want to it's have at nice this point. It's nice to see a chunk of the WWE Universe sticking true to their words and canceling their subscriptions due to the Saudi shows. Total and I think pay- that's where it comes to the most. I think that's where their subscribers are down the most. Right. Total paid subscribers were 996,000 in the U.S. and 393,000 being international. Basically, this is the first time since 2015 that U.S. paid total subscribers dropped below 1 million. So again, as you alluded to earlier, that's not a good sign. Between 2015 and 2020, you would hope you're growing your product, and it should. once you get above that 1 million, you would hope it wouldn't drop below that. Didn't drop a huge amount below that, but it's dropping. And for the year, the average number of paid subscribers was 1.55 million, down 6% from the prior year. Yes, WWE Network revenues dropped 11% to 41.6 million in quarter four from 46.8 million in the same quarter the prior year. Overall network revenue was 184.6 million in 2019 and a 7% decrease from 1.99 or 199.3 million 
in 2018. That's a big difference. So one thing I noted when doing some of this research, Pasty, is it came to my attention that even though I'm going to continue to stick with what I do personally for my own, for my own peace of mind, what I do does not affect WWE in the least because, and this is why I say this, I quit watching SmackDown. I quit watching Raw. I rarely watch NXT. I, uh, in fact, I don't think I watched a pay-per-view from last WrestleMania until just the one Royal Rumble match this year. And media is up doing the best it's ever done, ever. Media's doing great. They're making money even though Fat Mac isn't watching. I continue my WWE Network subscription because I enjoy their vault. I enjoy a lot of their docu-series and original series. WWE Network is losing money. So what Fat Mac does has zero impact on WWE, apparently. Because the thing I'm keeping and I'm investing in is going down, and the thing that I'm boycotting is going up. (laughs) I'm going to continue to do it just for my own personal state of mind, but it really shows you that what you do does not fucking matter. (laughs) And it really, well, this really lends some light to what, what Vince is going to look forward to 2020. I've read a lot about this in the last 24 hours, and... uh, Oh, the WWE Network ain't going anywhere, despite what a lot of people want to say. No, it won't go anywhere, but because because the extra revenue they could get from selling uh, their major pay-per-views to, like, say, Hulu or or anything else. Yeah, and not even just major pay-per-views. Original programming, even, even library. Allegedly, there's a lot of outside companies looking into it. And, and I believe that. We haven't heard any names brought up, but allegedly there are a lot of major investors looking at t- getting that product. <clears throat> I could see that. Yeah. You know, I could totally see, like, uh, uh, Table for Three or, or Ride Along on TV. You know what I mean? Or even possibly, and this wouldn't be any time in the immediate future, but possibly a... Uh, you know, Hulu plus WWE Network subscription. Mm-hmm. You pay twenty bucks and you get Hulu and with the WWE Network. You when get both Disney of them. Disney buys them, it'll happen. <clears throat> you never know. <laughs> but basically, now we've looked at the the past. We've looked back, uh, staring in the rear view, as uh, as Tupac would tell us. Uh, but now we're going to look forward into the full year 2020 business outlook. And uh, this one here, Management Pasty believes that WWE is well positioned to take advantage of significant growth opportunities. The company is pursuing several st- strategic initiatives that could increase the monetization of its content in 2020 and or subsequent years. These include distribution of content in the Middle East and India, as well as the evaluating of strategic alternatives for the company's direct-to-consumer services, WWE Network, including the idea of licensing streaming WWE content outside of the WWE Network for the first time since its 2014 launch. Basically what you were just kind of talking about there, Pasty, selling out rights to 
content that they would have that they would initially be streaming on WWE Network to other places. Talking about it, they did mention if the network continues on its on its on the path that it's currently on, they are considering adding advertising. But if they partner with somebody else, a la Hulu plus WWE Network, they will go by what is best for the partner. If they partner with somebody else, they will be announcing that in the first quarter of 2020. Which quote, only has that's a few weeks how left. far along they are in talks. So that means they are legitimately looking at this. At this time, the outcome of these initiatives is subject to considerable uncertainty. Excluding the potential impact of these initiatives, the company estimates it can achieve 2020 adjusted OBITA, which is basically your money after your taxes and you pay everybody and you pay the lighting guys and you pay your leases. and It's basically just the last money you have in your pocket. Um, of 250 to 300 million, <clears throat> management believes it has the potential to exceed this range, but is unable to provide additional guidance at this time. This so is that's exactly where Vince thrives the most, though, like in the uncertainty. Oh yeah, he he loves to fight from the bottom up, and you know, as it says, it's like it says if they are going to partner somebody, it will be. It'll be announced within the first quarter of 2020. Like you said, Pacey, that's a few weeks. So they've they've been discussing this for about six, nine months now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They've been talking to somebody for quite some time. My guess is Hulu or Disney+. Plus. My guess, again, with the time frame, probably more along the lines of Hulu than Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I don't see Disney+. Plus also, trying another to thing I see coming for so the soon. WWE Network very soon is cutting of the free month. I think that would make a big difference. I think I, I actually, I'm going to disagree with you here. I think that's the exact opposite. There's all, I could see a lot more people, 50,000 people are making a new email address every month, but having the subscribers means more than getting the money. If that makes any sense, you can sell. it's, It's something you can say. Yeah. You can sell. I can sell. 2 million subscribers to Disney plus or Hulu better than I can sell 1 million paid subscribers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, they've, they've, they've made their, this whole business from the very beginning, they've made off of free months, half months, uh, 25% off months, buy one, get one free months. I, can you imagine though, if we get WrestleMania on Fox with commercials, WrestleMania already has commercials in it on WWE Network. Yeah, so why do we but give I mean, a shit? so why do we give a shit? I get it, but let's put it this way, Pasty. People watch Super Bowl, and some of them watch it just for the commercials. Yeah, I don't think exactly. it's gonna hurt. Oh my god, WrestleMania commercials. commercials would be so much better than Super Bowl commercials. Up fifty percent of the Super Bowl commercials were WWE commercials, anyways. So then we'd probably get a super or a WrestleMania halftime show too, huh? And can we can we bring up the point that I brought up? How was AEW not? How was AEW dumb enough to not fucking put some money in making a Super Bowl ad this early in their career? Yeah, they that would have been should've. fucking huge. Yeah. How did they fuck that up? <laughs> WWE had six commercials. Well, it's Fox, right? Six fucking commercials. It's Fox. It was it's... probably Vince pulling strings. They probably tried to have a commercial air. You know what I mean? No, it would be XFL that had a commercial pasty. Of course they did. They start on Monday, I think. 
Yeah, but but that's that's the NFL's direct competition. Yeah. So it's not like they have. I don't think. I think if you gave them money, they'd run. What is XFL airing on? Uh, it's airing on Fox, NBC, Fox okay. Sports. That's it's cool. airing on a million and one. It, it's, it's airing cool. on like I think like it's interesting to know that they would air on Fox against, not against, but in lieu of NFL. Yeah, but anyways, we're we're, we're gonna get, get we're into a little bit track. of that soon too. Um, well, let, well, let's get into let's get into what we're getting into. Other random notes. These were other notes that were taken from the conference call that don't fit in any of these cute little subjects that we put out in little bullet points. I wish everybody could see our little bullet points that are so cute and friendly. It's pretty great. You almost saw this shit last week when I copied the entire notes over to the show description (laughs) (laughs) and had to hold the button for like five minutes because I couldn't highlight the shit. Oh, fun times. All right, let's snap into it, shall we? They were asked about the AEW launch, and they're using more edgy content. How has AEW changed WWE content and business? Well, it brought about a strap match. (laughs) Vince says AEW hasn't changed their business. (laughs) They're about characters and creating storylines that lead to a resolution. Because without without AEW, NXT would be on TV right now, right? Well, and since when has a WWE storyline actually had a resolution? 50% of the time, at best. Hey, who was in charge of GTV? Hey, who was in the White Hummer? Oh, come on, jackasses. Who was the uh, raw general manager laptop fucker? Who was Hornswoggle? Get the fuck out of here. No, it wasn't. WWE claims that they don't need to be edgy. As they have multiple cuckold angles going on. Uh, he said they are one of the few programs out there that are truly PG. Boy, do they tow that line. <laughs> they tow that line. They're only PG because USA Network and Fox get make so much money off of them uh-huh. that they fight the ratings board. I can guarantee you that's why they're PG. And despite a lot of the shit they have. Yeah. Ugh. And in despite of everything they've stated thus far, they go on to state NXT is competing with AEW and is doing extremely well. And they feel NXT will continue to be a success. Yeah. Hasn't changed anything, but NXT is competing <laughs> with AEW, even though it used to be on the network until AEW came out. Yep. And now, now the episodes don't air on the network until a month after they've been on TV, just like the main roster shows. So it's like, what What really is the point in having the service anymore? Actually, you know what? I'm going to go watch my NXT the same way I watch other wrestling that I can't watch because I don't have their service. I uh, I haven't watched NXT for a while, but I just found out NXT does come out um, 24 hours or 48 hours after? or something. Yeah, okay. it's day after, which is... Even still, it's not when it's supposed to be, and that was the whole point that NXT was good for on the network. Yeah, now there's no point. You know, it's just. Like, but I do want to say this: as soon as I found out that NXT is available like 24 hours afterwards, I don't know that I think that AEW is winning the uh, ratings war. 
Well, I mean, you know, AEW's been getting. Started, they've been in the lead every week, but I they have been. But if you can watch NXT the next day, yeah. then you're probably gonna watch AEW yeah, that live. Means everybody that's watching AEW is watching NXT the next day. More yeah, than so it'd be really interesting to see what would happen if they did knock NXT to like a month later or something, because yeah. that did make me question that. Uh, I, I don't know that that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that. It, if it's me and I'm watching both of them, which I'm not right now, but if it's me and I'm watching both of them, I just watch AEW. A lot yeah, of same yeah, as what uh, happened AEW to WCW. WCW used to run. I wonder if there's a some kind of strange that. business tactic there to let the AEW get the ratings, and then something's gonna happen. It's like underpants gnomes. Let AEW get the ratings. Phase two. Something. <laughs> Phase three. Profit. Yep. <laughs> Um, later on, they were asked if WWE will be merging or working with the XFL. Vince said that the XFL is run by itself, and there's no investment whatsoever from WWE. Except for there's, those stocks he sold. There is no plan to put it back in the WWE system at all. And because Vince he reiterated report it quarterly. that XFL is completely separated and currently has about 400 employees. Also, the XFL is, is in Vince's admission set to lose $300 million its first three years before it's profitable. That's why he doesn't want it tied to WWE. Yeah. It makes sense. Because those it does. It's, reports it's a... would be harder to spin. Like, oh, yeah, we got some stuff coming up. It's going to be really good. You don't know Again, what it it's... is now, but we'll know real soon. Because I don't know what it business. is. It's smart business. Yeah. You know, it yeah. is smart business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for XFL. I didn't watch I'm the not, Super Bowl. But... <laughs> I, I watched the uh, the Planters Baby Peanut commercial. <laughs> My favorite commercial is the one that nobody's talking about, and that's the uh, insurance company that went and killed all the other insurance companies. And I was like, oh, that's so awesome. And that's nobody badass. talks about it. <laughs> it was very, it was very Godfather-esque. Hmm. It actually had, uh, it had um, the Limu Emu guy wake up with an emu head in his bed. Like mm. the horse head on the Godfather, you know? Yeah. I think that's fun shit. It was a lot of fun watching all the Trumpers go off about the halftime show. Well, that's what happens when all the Trumpers won't let black people play in the NFL, and so all the black people that they offered to play the NFL halftime show turned it down, so they had to get Hispanics. Yeah. Hello? This is America! Anyways, what are we at now? Uh... On the management change, Vince said he's currently getting a few more direct reports, but that will change when they lock in new executives. He said he has broad shoulders and can deal with it. Damn right. Look at my shoulders. <laughs> I were... bench press Triple H this morning. They were asked who will fill roles for Barrios and Wilson and how spots will be filled. They are searching for exceptional talent who can come in but have faith in the current management team. I heard him mention something about uh, a couple kind of uh, wild. It sounds like Barrios sort of... and Wilson didn't have faith in Vince anymore, though, with that last line, right? It it does sound like that, but but I heard that he's interested in a couple Spitfires that have a little local uh, pro wrestling podcast show, something about beef sticks or something. I, I you just heard that you just heard that he said that they would really improve his product. I don't know what you're there. You about. go. 
You, you can you can get in on the business end, and I'll I'll go and uh, do a ring announcer job. The biz, I'll get in business's end. He doesn't there listen to go. this. He didn't get that joke, but Sweet. you're there, business. I love you. Anyways, uh, last little bit of note: they declined to get into whether the UK, China, or Latin American deals have grown at all. So, so they just refused didn't. upright. Yeah, my guess is no. Yeah, they didn't. Basically, that's <laughs> about it. Them, though. They all have their own wrestling, and that's what they watch. And as you know, as ja- as uh, Japan has proven, these companies are willing to work together to keep their their autonomy. Mm. How do you like that word, there, pasty? I love it. We, they want to keep their autonomy. They want to be their own issue. They want to be. They want Japanese wrestling to look and feel like Japanese wrestling. Yes. They want you know lucha libre to look like lucha libre. Uh, Puru Russo is Puru Russo. You got Catch as Catch Can over in Germany. They want it to look like that. I, what more can you say? It's good. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes of this. And of course, we will keep you guys posted as the news comes in because that's what we're here for. We are here for that. And we do a good job of it, damn it. Yes. Uh, looking forward to watching that pay-per-view. And of course we will have the results for you guys next week on B sticks podcast. That being said, I'm fat Mac and I'm pasty. Thanks for tuning in. Snap into it. Snap out of it. That's what you got to say at the end. Snapping off of it. We got to have like a end dream sequence sound effect for the end. After that snip, snap, 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 Yeah.